The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. With hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get him. I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Now, here's your host, Ralph Malbro. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge. Uh, LSU's off this week, but Andrew, next week, it's Bama week, and it's in Tuscaloosa. Been waiting, been waiting all season for Always. This it's, it's Bama week. You go there. They got a menu. They get, that's awesome. They got 50-foot TVs. They got 136 draft beers. Um... They got a, you know, everything, everything you would want for the biggest LSU, probably the biggest regular season LSU game in four years since they went to Bama in 2011. I mean, if you're in Baton Rouge and you're not in Tuscaloosa, where else would you want no, to be? No, you want to be there, I mean, man. You just, you just get 136 drivers. You just, just get, drink yourself silly and get Uber and just. Find your way home safe, you know, because responsibility. But the Pelican House, they're awesome. You should support them because they support us. All right, um, we weren't on last night because my internet went uh, fucking up in smoke or just just disappeared. Um, but, you know, that aside, uh, Andrew, the Saints are suddenly three and four. And I'm going to start with this in that. We gotta give Rob Ryan a little bit of love, because we they rip on him, rip on him, rip on him, and suddenly they're moving Cam Jordan all over the place inside to de tackle to end or whatever on passing, and he's Reggie White, and I feel like Rob yeah. Ryan deserves at least a little bit of credit, right? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. You look at the two teams they played this in the last two weeks and they had a, both had a tremendous amount of success running the football. And yet they only ran 12, 13 times. Now with India, it was a little different because obviously they, they had the back to back turnovers. They got down big early and then you kind of feel like you have to throw every play, but uh, it kind of played right into the hands. Like when you can't do that, you, you can't move cam around is when you're in a bunch of running downs. And I think that's when it gets a little more tricky. But when you play teams that are throwing every play, 
and you know you're going to be pass rushing, uh, you, you, you have that luxury to kind of move him around and, and get a little weird with your alignment. And uh, they were getting him favorable matchups that way. So I love the play calling, and the, and the Saints will continue to be able to do that as long as they play either a pass-heavy team or they get themselves in the obvious passing situations. Yeah, just get up 27 nothing. Solves a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, just do that every week, and we're good. <laughs> Kevin, um, we talked about it a little on the post-game show, which seems like five years ago, um, but uh, Twitter had been complaining that they, they didn't like Grandpa Sean, the conservative punt in the Arizona game, Sean Payton. They got uh, 2009 balls to the wall, Sean Payton, against the Colts. He broke out the fake field goal. He's throwing it at the end of the game to try to pick up the first down instead of running it and punting it back and letting his defense try to win. He's not just throwing it to the sticks. No. He's throwing downfield. Yeah. So, Kevin, are you okay with the balls to the wall of Sean Payton driving the 2015 Saints car? Um, I think after seeing what what Grandpa Sean was doing like the last – the last year or so, I'm definitely in favor of going back to of, of going back to uh, 2009 or the 2010 Sean Payton. So yes, uh, just you know, it's like it's like listen, the team still the, this team still has issues. Even if, if, if this team if this team gets back to four and four, or I mean gets to 500 or even gets gets above 500, that doesn't change the fact that the team still has holes that need to be filled. I would rather see the schedule, uh, though. Did we get to that? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. We talked about that at the post game. Uh, (laughs) I would rather see Sean Payton uh, be, you know, be the guy at the casino moving the chips all in uh, more often than not. Yeah, the the interesting thing, Andrew, um, with this team, and I don't know if this is quite the right analogy, but. It's almost like they're doing a total renovation of the house, but they're living in the house. And that's trying to like what they're doing with Drew. They're, they're keeping Drew Brees, and he's still maybe, you know, probably not what he was where he's, you know, one of the, definitely one of the two or three best quarterbacks. But he's definitely probably top six, and they're still keeping him, but they're trying to renovate the whole house around him, and they're still living in it. Um, but this the, – the, Andrew, this defense, I'm not really positive on Keenan Lewis. I think something something just seems off with him, and I don't know if he's ever going to get back during the year. But, man, if they get him back, this secondary with him and Bro and um, Swan, I mean, and Bird and, Vac- and Vaccaro, I mean, Andrew, this secondary – it's not just like okay. It's re- I think it could be really good. Am I am I crazy? Yeah, I mean with Lewis's injury, it's just a hernia. I mean we saw it with Shockey and uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head some of the other Greer. players that have had it, but it, yeah, Listen. Greer had it. I mean it just lingers. You know, it's one of those Jamal things Brown. where you have a lot of soreness and, and 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 yep, scar tissue, and it just takes a while to heal, and so. I think, unfortunately, for probably a large part of the season, he'll be dealing with that. But, um, you know, the secondary is coming around. I mean, for me, for all the money they're paying Jairus Bird, um, he's maybe the missing link for me. If he can start to make plays or even become, you know, a quarter or half of what they envisioned in terms of playmaking, 
uh, then how does he look, Andrew? Because you, I, I think you look at the you look at the all twenty two film, right? And I can't see I it. On, I can't see it on the TV. I mean, I I've gotten myself to where I can look at things that not that, that not aren't the football, you know, and I can look at other things. But on the on the TV, like you only get one shot. You can't really see what the safety's doing unless it's an interception or he's making a tackle or something. Does he look healthy to you on the all twenty two? He. He does. Um, you know, I, I think one thing, you know, obviously I didn't see him play in Buffalo as much. And uh, I have statistics to go by, but I haven't gone back and watched all 22 of his games in Buffalo. So I, I wish I had more of an apt comparison um, to his time in New Orleans. Um, you know, but I, I think when I watch him play, I watch a safety that's a sure tackler. Uh, for the most part, he's making the right reads and he's in the right place. And, um, you know, I think he, he's been pretty good in run support. So I've been impressed with how he's played the run. Um, in, in passing situations, he, he's playing high a lot. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes. You know, Vaccaro is so close to the line of scrimmage uh, that the Saints are running a lot of one deep safeties. And uh, so... It's harder, you know, when you have one deep safety, it's harder to give him the freedom to, yeah. you know, kind of roam and, and make plays on the ball. He's really the last line of defense. So that that's a little bit tougher. But the times I've seen him single deep in coverage, he's not really getting tested. So I, I don't really know if it's, you know, Jairus Bird is playing awesome and that that's why he's not getting messed with. Or, you know, if there's a little bit of a reputation thing like, OK, well, Bird's back there. We know he's got good ball skills. And so we're not going to mess with him. We're going to you know, go after this guy or this guy. So yeah. uh, I think that's part of it, too. Um, obviously, Browner, based on what he's put on tape early in the season, um, you know, he, he's a guy that's... He messed up that dude, though, for the Colts. He put him out. He did. He did. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. Kevin, I know Twitter kind of flipped out with Sean Payton's two challenges on the catch, not a catch, but I feel like in 2015, I don't know what the hell is a catch anymore. When I'm watching these games, I just I don't know. Like, and, and, yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, listen, I have not read the rule book. Uh, breaking news: uh, Kevin Kevin doesn't read the rule book, but a uh, lot, lot of these a lot of these things look like catches, no. and, and they're not. Uh, the Ben Watson catch, the second, the first one, I was like, eh. With the, the second one, Ben Watson. I don't. That how is that not a catch? I, I don't. I don't well, want... the rule states you have to complete. You have to have complete possession of the football all the way through to the ground. And so, when he extends that ball, he's only made one step. So basically, it's you can complete a catch either by making two football moves, um, and then going to the ground. And then if the ground causes a fumble after two football moves, then you're you're good. It's a catch. But if you only make one football move and then go to the ground, you, you can have his... possession all the way to the ground. And if the ball rolls out of your hand, <sighs> then it's they, they call that incomplete. And I think that's what happened with Watson. I mean, the rule is stupid. I agree with you. It's a catch. But based on the rule as it's written, I think they made the right call. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know... We'll see. I I don't know. I just like I feel like I don't know like what it what is a catch. I see it three or four times, but maybe I don't know. The challenge is I I thought the Ben Watson catch was a catch, but anyway, um, 
I mean, my main gripe, and look, they, they fake the field goal, and they end up scoring. So Which was sweet. All is good and fine. That, but you know what? The fun thing is I, – I, I just – you know, and we, we'll, as good as Sean Payton, I think, was in that game, I'm giving him credit for the game plan and everything, but, like, from a decision-making standpoint, you cost yourself – you already missed the first challenge. So you've basically cost yourself mm-hmm. a chance at, um, you know – getting another challenge so even if you get it right you won't get another challenge the rest of the game and you you've cost yourself two timeouts and two challenges on the same drive um and to me that that's just a bad move and then on fourth down they fake the field goal so it's interesting you you almost see how desperate the saints were to get a touchdown on that drive yeah i mean I mean, you really felt like Sean Payton felt like we're not leaving with the win unless we get seven on the strut. Man, I got to say, Fox is having technical difficulties with the World Series game, apparently. Um, yep. I got to say, Fox, it was 27 nothing in the third quarter, and they went away and put me to Bucks Redskins. They pulled the trigger fast now on these games, man, for the NFL. And, and, and it wasn't a Sunday ticket game. It was the local feed in Houston, the, the Saints-Colts game. They pulled the trigger quick on these games. I mean, 27 nothing. I get it. But it was like beginning of the third quarter, and they pulled the trigger. And, and, uh, and then things went to shit for the Saints. Um, Kevin... The Saints wide receivers are kind of sh- are kind of garbage. So I'm going to ask you a question: Would you, if you knew how bad the Saints receivers were going to be this year, would you have still done the Kenny Stills trade? What uh, walk me back through it? What did what did they get for uh, Stills? Was they got a an injured rounder? they got an injured corner, a third rounder. Who PJ Williams, who was in, who's on IR, and they got Ellerby, who is second leading tackler at linebacker and has only played three games, Ugh. and is twenty nine well, years well, and is twenty nine years old, too. I mean, well, maybe he's meet. Well, that could be a sign then that that Ellerby is absolutely needed then, if he's if he's the second leading tackler, yeah, and he's only played in three games. So you got that. I mean. It, that is, is is there any indication that the guy that's on IR that he could play next year, or is this and, just like a deal where it's like we'll take him as dead weight? Andrew, sorry, what's the question? It was, uh, would you if you? Well, the question to Kevin was, knowing what you know about the Saints receivers now, would you have still done the? Oh, Kenny Stills oh about trade? the Stills, yeah. Would, would I trade him? Um, well. <laughs> I've really liked Ellerby, and it's not only how good Ellerby's been, but it's what's waiting on the other side when he doesn't play. Um, you know, and David Hawthorne, I mean, this defense has just been so much better with Ellerby. Well, here's the thing, um, though. Now he's, mean, he seems like he's constantly injured. You know, I, I mean, I, I'd like to have Stills for the offense. I mean, I will say this, losing Stills and Graham in the same offseason and really doing nothing to replace either yeah, was, a, was a really questionable move. They went – they 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 stretch the Drew Brees can make any receiver good theory. They they stretch that theory to the limit and broke it in half. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Ellerby is he was a throw-in. Like Miami's going to cut him anyway. Like he was scheduled to make I think seven and a half million dollars this year. Like he totally redid his deal 
when when he, when he went to the Saints. So like, I, I just I don't know, man. Their their receivers are bad. Kevin. Their receivers are bad. I mean, they're but just... it's interesting. It's interesting, Ralph. Like if you remember the off season and how many corners they added. I mean, they, they added did. Kyle Wilson. They had, they they draft two rookies. They add Delvin Bro. They go get Browner. I mean, they, it was very clear coming into this season that the the Saints' position was. We're not going to have a year like last year where guys can't cover and we have a pass defense that just get, gets leaking. So we're going to add five or six guys that we think can make the team. And if we have to cut a guy like Stanley Jean-Baptiste, who's a second-round pick, so be it. But we're not going to be in a position again to have guys that can't play at cornerback. And, I mean, look how well it's worked out. You know, that bro was a hit. And so you can't really look at that. Kenny still like PJ Williams was part of that equation. And he, he just happened to be one of the guys that got injured and didn't work out this season. Well, here's Swan and bro work out, but I, I think they were just throwing as many corners into the mix as possible. And the Kenny stills trade was part of that. Yeah. Kevin, in regards to saints wide receivers, I'm giving you $500 and you're going to Vegas. And I say to you, Tell me who is going to be the Saints' second leading receiver. And you have to take running back out of the mix. Who's going who's gonna to be the guy that's going to catch the second most balls to Brandon Cooks on the team that's either a tight end or a receiver? Uh, this year? I, think this, I, I would say the smart money is on Sneed then. And you think? Andrew? Sneed? Uh, uh... Well, I'd say at the rate he's going right now, I would say Ben Watson's trading upwards, trending yeah. upwards. Um, Kevin, here's a fun question. Steen's a, a good call, though. Yeah, here's definitely a, not Colston. Here's a fun question, Kevin. Is Devin Bro? Delvin. Delvin, bro, got a butcher name. It wouldn't be a podcast. What, what did you wait? What did you just call him? What did I just call him? What did I just call him? De- Devin, Devin, bro. Yeah, Devin. Jesus. Danny, bro. Donald. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> for 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 bro. I think potentially he can be the best free agent defensive acquisition. That Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis ever make? Agree, disagree. Wait, bet, uh, wait a minute. Bet the best free agent acquisition. Defensive acquisition they ever make. Defensive free agent acquisition they ever make. All right. So my questions then are: Was Darren Sharper a free agent? He was, but he was a one-hit wonder. Devin that's a hell. That's a hell of a hit, though. It is. And Vilma was Vilma a trade? Vilma was a trade. Yes. What about Kurt? Uh, well, no. Yeah, I wouldn't say Curtis Lofton. I mean, listen. Uh, Jabari Greer was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I, I don't know, man. I'm still. I'm still saying sharper. I'm still saying sharper. Man, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like that he's the answer. You don't like but, that he's the answer because uh, he's, he's a serial but, rapist. But he's he. That's the answer. Andrew. Yeah, I don't think you can say after six, seven games that Bro is anywhere near. I think upper it, I, stratosphere. Here's I mean, a, it, here's it's a, not even close. Here's not a, yet. 
I think he will be because I think he – I mean he's older so he might not have a huge window. But I think if he's healthy, I think the Saints are going to get three – he's 26 now. I think by the middle of next year he'll be an elite – he'll be a top five corner. I yeah, think they I'll might give get you that. Like, from I mean, a they longevity might get... standpoint, it's possible. I mean, I think they might remember, get he, – he, he's, still, he's still a 26-year-old guy – playing football already having broken his neck yeah so you know i i think i don't think you can assume he's gonna play five years in the nfl or whatever i mean Maybe. hopefully he does yeah. um but he's... that's his track record number one and number two you're comparing sharper who after seven games had what six picks and bro had, bro has one yeah. so and and how many I, I agree with you it's really promising but let's not Let's not right. confuse. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's I mean, Sharp, Sharper was playing on a defensive MVP level. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I was just saying pump the brakes, but I was saying, like, didn't Sharper – like, Sharper had – We don't Sharper pump the brakes on this. When did we – when we have ever pumped the brakes on this podcast? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. But Sharper had the one, the one pick six – Against the Jets, did didn't he have another one? Had, I could have swore he, he had, had another three. one in that time. He had three. Oh, he had three or four. Didn't he, he? Had he had three. one against the Raiders, once against the Jets. He had one against Miami. Um, yep. And he had one against Philly. Yep. I, mean, I think he, he had four. He was an animal the first half of the year. The second half of the year, he was kind of eh. You know. Um. But I, I, man, I just think, bro. He's really good. I mean, if the, if he doesn't fall down twice, Andrew, the Saints would have skull dragged the Colts. You know? Yeah. And he's give it up for Brandon Brown. And Brandon Brown was like, boy, you got to just tackle the dude. When you're going down, just take the receiver with you because a 30 yard penalty is better than a touchdown. And if anybody <laughs> knows, if anybody knows about pass interference penalties and when to get them, it's Browner. Um, uh, Speaking of which, and 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 I'll and I'll pound, I'll pound this drum until until I'm dead in the ground, or I'll actually I, I, they won't bury me. But um, they've got to they, they got to redo the the, the the pass interference penalties. Like this this spot of the foul stuff is for the birds. It, they either got to do they either just need to make it a 15 yard uh, 15 yard penalty or half the distance. I like the college rule. But it's just 15 yards, you know. It just like, like I mean, don't get me wrong. I was all about the 15 yard penalty for a while, for a long time. But then the more I started to think about it, I was just like, I can totally see defenses just saying, "Fine, we're just going to mug you from yeah. the get go, and and we'll we'll take the 15 yards." Yeah, but I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. 15 yards or or, or half the distance, <laughs> one or the other. I think the problem in the NFL is the DBs are fast enough, fast enough, and have the closing speed that you're going to see a lot more contact on deep throws. And I think the NFL wants more explosive plays, so that'd be counterintuitive to the product they're trying to push. Yeah, that's true. Oh, by the way, people, you can donate and be a patron. Uh, we had some technical difficulties yesterday and a little bumpy stuff today start, but if you donate a dollar, uh. You can do a rant, and we've got like three people in the hopper that are that are scheduled to do rants, and they're all like, "I want to wait until the Saints really piss me off." Can I save the rant, Ralph? I'm like, you can save the rant, but if you can, you can donate a dollar, and you can get a chance to win the rant. 
Uh, that's all you have to do is donate a dollar a month and become a patron. Just go to the website, click on there. Dollar a month. It's nothing, man. That's not even a pizza. Twelve dollars a year. It's not even a, you know, it's not even a pizza. It's not even like one line of Coke. I mean, come on, people. You can, you, I mean, you know, you can, you, you could, uh, you can donate twelve dollars. Um, all right. Who, who are our patrons? Should we give shout outs to our patrons? Who are they? Let's see. We have, uh, we have Allie, of course. She's a patron. Um, she's like a super patron. She is right? like a, she is like a, uh, like a, like the, uh, like a super patron. Um, yeah, like, she's like the black Amex member. <laughs> um, we got the Todd Newberg. We got Sarah. We got Dave. We got Blake. We got Hampton. Uh, we got Andrew. He squints 1987, but that's Aunt Andrew. Um, we got, and, um, let's see. Uh, we got Brian. We got a bunch of Brian's, Brian Pavic, Brian, you know, uh, uh, we got um, Rico, another fine one. He just donated. So we got a, we got a bunch of patrons, and we appreciate them all. We appreciate them all. Um, the patrons. Oh yeah, the and, and Sarah, and she has a question. Remind me to get to it. She 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 doesn't do Twitter, but she emailed me a question. We'll get to it when we do uh, questions, which we'll we'll do pretty soon coming up here. Um, the one thing that that I will say, and it's not really necessarily Saints related, Kevin, but um, man, I th- I think the Saints really like dug the knife into Chuck Pagano. I don't think he's making it through the year. No, absolutely. Like I I can't. Like last year, last year they weren't going to get rid of him because what wasn't he wasn't he just coming back from cancer? Uh, yeah, from, oh, no, from the was, cancer scare. Yeah, was it? What was what, what was that the year? No, it was two, was years, two years ago. Two years, two years ago. Well, still, yeah. still, it, it was – okay, I'll still say it was still too close. This year, you're far enough removed to where you've got enough cover to where you can fire he him. He might say, fire everybody. Okay. Apparently, he got in a screaming match with the general manager, and the general manager of the Colts is pretty awful, I have to say. Like, you know, he doesn't – No, I think it was – I thought it was the GM in Ursay. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what I meant. The G, the, Greg, yeah, he, got, he got in a screaming match with Grigson. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, I, I am excited, Kevin, for Jim Ursay's late night tweet in 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 January where he offers the Saints three number one picks for Sean Payton. Because last week he had his coach who can't run a trick play and he sees Sean Payton run an awesome trick play. I think they're going to like I think them and Miami are going to sniff around Sean Payton regardless of how the Saints do this year. But we'll we'll get to the the game in a minute. So we got we got a ton of questions. Um, How much do you think they regret losing Arians? A lot, man. He's a good. He's a really good coach. He, I mean, Ari, he, he, I mean, Ari, I mean, I know Arizona's got a, a stacked roster, but he's a real he's a really good coach. You know what's funny, Andrew? He was the Saints' offensive coordinator for like five whole minutes when they fired. Um, I remember when they fired Jim Mora. They made him. They moved him up from quarterback coach to play caller when they fired Carl Smith. Yeah, uh, under uh, Kevin's boy Ventura. Yeah, right? Ventura. Ventura. <laughs> All right, this is for you, Andrew. This is from Jordan. How much longer do the Pels need to exist exist before their bloggers reach Saints bloggers level of cynicism? Well, I don't think there's. 
I, I don't think they're negative at all. <laughs> have you? Have no, you he says up how, on that? how much longer do how much longer do the Pels have to exist before the Pels bloggers become as uh, cynical oh, uh, cynical oh, as I us? See, I see. Um, you know, well, Ralph and I kind of both grew up in the Moore era, so you know, any doom and gloom we get is from the previous generation of Saints fans, you know, that suffered really, I mean, it's my dad, you know, my, my dad's dad, you know, they kind of taught me the history, you know, in the sixties and early seventies, um, which was kind of, you know, the miserable era of the Saints. Um, and so, you know, I mean, fortunately for me, I, I never really experienced the Saints losing quite like they did, but it would, that, that negativity was definitely passed down. They'll never. The answer is um, the answer is never as long as they get cushy yeah. access. The answer is never. I, I, I don't really. I don't. Yeah. That well. There's the cushy access. Um, that's a good point. So they kind of have no backbone because they don't want to bite the hand that feeds. So th- th- there's that element. And I, I just yeah. I think you know they're they're never going to be negative because I think they have to promote the product. You know. In other words, Pel's Pelican. Pelican bloggers are so desperate for the Pelicans to be popular in New Orleans and bigger than the Saints that any cynicism would kind of be viewed as that, you know, oh, well, we might as well stop paying attention. Yeah. You know, they want to make sure people get more interested, not less interested. All right, we had our three minutes of Pelicans talk. Kevin, this is a question for you. How incredible. Hey, they got their, open, they got their opener tonight. Drew Holiday has just been listed as out. <laughs> Good time. Uh, new. Uh... Drew or J. Rue? J. Rue. Kevin, this, yeah, is yeah, from, this is from Reichert. He asked, does Greg Hardy make Junior Gallette look like a cooperative teammate and model citizen? <laughs> uh, he may, he, he makes, makes Junior Gallette look, look like he's starring in, in, in those uh, NFL anti-domestic violence ads. Dude, I, I mean, was – Greg Hardy I mean, makes himself look like Junior Gallette. <laughs> Greg Hardy, he and, – and I know we're not supposed to curse, but I'm going to do it anyway. He gives zero fucks. Like he just – he's not doing the contrite, I'm sorry, I'll be a better person, I'm working on stuff, I'm going to go out in the community and blah, blah, blah. He's just not doing it. He just doesn't – I mean he's a, he's a piece of – he's a piece of trash, but he just like – he doesn't care. He's like – Greg Hardy's attitude is I'm going to get you a dozen sacks. Shut up! I can do whatever I want. And Dallas is like, yeah, you can, you know, um, because because Jerry Jones is a desperate, insane billionaire. <laughs> that is true. They're, the best part is when they when Greg Hardy gets eleven sacks and they extend him, and it blows up in their face. Oh, it's going to blow up in yeah, their oh, face. Oh, it is. Uh, this is an interesting question. And because it's the cow, and because it's the Cowboys, it'll be all the more delightful. It will. The Cowboys <laughs> losing is delightful right now. They're going to try. They got uh, Matt Castle quarterback. Uh, Actually, okay. I tell you what, man. The best thing, the best thing would be for Greg Hardy to get double digit sacks, for him to get into an argument with Jason Garrett on the sideline, and for the Colts to or Colts for the Cowboys to finish six and ten or seven and nine, and for uh, Jerry Jones to fire Jason Garrett 
while giving an extension <laughs> to Greg Hardy. That'd be the that'd be the most cowboy move ever. Um, this is from John Hendricks, Andrew. Does Teron Armstead make the Pro Bowl? He better. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just look at how well he played injured. And I, I saw him give up the pressure to. I mean, he wasn't flawless as PFF um, suggests, but um, but he was pretty pretty darn close. And when you consider the injury that he had, um, I think it was. Some, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but he this injury. Um, and, uh, and he looks great. I mean, he, he really is playing. I mean, I don't want to throw out ridiculous names like Willie Rofer or anything, but, uh, I mean, he, he looks every bit as good as Jamal Brown and German Bushrod, ever looked. you know, who were pro, who were pro bowl left tackles for the saints. I mean, he's every bit as good as those players. Um, Pell is this is from Super Saiyan Saint. Pell's make the finals or Saints win win two playoff games. Choose one. Oh, dude. I don't know. I mean, making the finals would be fun because that's like an extra month of basketball. But I mean, the Pelican. I mean, me personally, the Pelican. I mean, like my sports tree is like Saints, Astros, LSU, Pelicans, and the Astros in this LSU flip depending on who's better. Um. So I would go Saints playoffs for sure. Two 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 playoff wins would be delightful, especially like if if it's at one of them's at Atlanta or at Carolina. Oh my, oh my God, Andrew. If he, if a, Andrew would would have a, a joy aneurysm if the Saints went to Carolina and won a playoff game, would you not, Andrew? To rub it in oh, Cameron's yeah. face. Oh uh, yeah, Kevin. Uh, especially if he won the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is this is an interesting question. Uh, which loss early in the year uh, will come back to haunt the Saints more, Tampa Bay or Carolina? Kevin. Tampa. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, but I mean, like, I feel like if you look at last year, Andrew, the game that haunts the Saints the most to me was Detroit of all the games. Like yeah, that, I agree. You know, and I never felt like they never had Carolina in the bag. They never had Tampa in the bag. You know, I mean, San Francisco hurt. hurt yeah, too. that too. Oh lord, forgot about that one. Detroit and San Francisco both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin, new ceiling for the Saints wins after the last two weeks. Uh, let's see. What did I say? I said at the beginning of the year, uh, six. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or did I say five? I said five or six. I you can't said remember six. Now. Okay. So I think we I, both I think we both said six and ten. Okay. Yeah. Um I'm probably willing to go up <clears throat> eight. Yeah. Eight, I think. I mean this I mean this isn't because this is a good question. This is from Dylan, Andrew, and this can we can touch on this topic uh, in this question. Is it an indictment on how bad the NFC is, considering Vegas views the Saints and Giants as equal? Yeah, I mean, I think the NFC is pretty bad. I mean, NFC. who would you besides besides the AFC or the NFC? The NFC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who who besides the Packers would you say is a legitimate? I mean, I I think Carolina barely beat. 
Luke McCown at home. I you would know, they're, say they're a, beat- they're a beatable team. I would say you'd rank the NFC Green Bay by themselves, and then I would say I would rate Arizona number two. The field, yeah, and no, then, I agree with that. And then I would rate Carolina, and then <laughs> I guess I would rate Atlanta. Um, and then you rate. I mean, the- you got a bunch of teams that are up and down. The Rams, all the teams in the You're NFC gonna have East. The last um, spot in the NFC is. It can it nine and seven. I think will definitely get you a playoff spot in the NFC. A wild card. Eight and eight might get you a wild card if it's the right eight. Like the NFC is bad. I and, dude, I think nine will get you in, but you're still going to need tiebreakers even at nine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You think? Oh, so um, there's, there, you know, I, there's there's going to be a, though, the, there's going to be a lot of that really scenarios. bodes well for the Saints is the schedule. Oh my God. Well, I mean, this schedule. Me and I, I me and Andrew were joking uh, on text messages. Andrew, what did I call it? The the parade of shitty quarterbacks. It's about to start. Like once <laughs> the shitty quarterback parade. Yeah, like once they clear Eli, like you get um, you get uh, Mariota who might be might be coming off a knee injury. He's a rookie. Then you get Cousins. Then you get Hoyer. You get uh. Bortles, you get um, Winston again. Uh, who else am I forgetting? I'm forgetting some. Am I forgetting anybody? Well, Matt Matt Ryan and Matt Kim Ryan's and... been awful. They think he he's he's denying that he's injured. He's been playing bad so bad the last two weeks. And you get Cam. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the MVP though. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be favored. I think in seven of their last nine games. Because they're favored, yeah, they're, fa- they're favored. The only game I, the only game they won't be favored. The only games they won't be favored in, Carolina, will probably be a pick 'em, or Carolina by one or two if the Saints are at five hundred or something. And they won't be favored in Atlanta. You know, they'll be like a four, five point underdog. But the rest of these games, I mean, Andy, these this schedule, this schedule as fantastic as we thought it was in August. I think it's even more of a dream. Like it's it's easier than we thought. Because to me, Andrew, the Colts are way worse than we thought. The Texans yeah. are way worse than we thought. You know, the the NFC East is way worse than we thought. I mean, they got Dallas with no Dez and no Tony Romo. Washington's still horrible. I mean, I think this schedule's easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, one thing I want to say about this game um, that I was surprised about, um, kind of changing the subject real quick. You know, I remember a lot of um, fans earlier in the season, you know, they were saying Mark Ingram's terrible. Why aren't they giving Kyrie the ball, free Kyrie? Look, to me, this was a perfect example. I, I, I didn't understand why the Saints didn't ride Ingram harder in half when yeah, he had I, 14 carries I for 140 it. yards. And they were up, and they needed to run yeah. some clock, and instead they were throwing the ball or running yeah. pitches I, to Kyrie. Yeah, I, I didn't understand. I that. turned to my wife, and I think I was playing somebody in one of the one of the podcast uh, fantasy leagues. Um, I think I was playing Mark Ingram in one of them. And I turned to my wife and I said, "Mark Ingram's going to have 200 yards." Because you yeah. looked at it and you were like, he's got 140. They're up 27 and nothing. They're going to run Mark Ingram into the ground. And it never happened. 
You know, yeah. he had like 10 more yards the rest of the way. And I, I said this earlier in the season when Kyrie was on fire and I, I felt like they were playing him too little and Ingram too much. I wish I could see this offense. I, I think Peyton is stubborn about, you know, I'm going to get this guy this many touches. And I, I guess part of it's maybe a longevity thing. He doesn't want to get him injured. But, I mean, for me, Kyrie should have seen more balls and he, he needs to go with a hot hand. And in this game, he should have been pounding Ingram over and over again, um, and so I was disappointed to see that. Hey, did uh, did you have a question from Sarah? Did you read yeah, that? I did. Sarah asked okay. a question. She said um, she's she was a physical therapist, and she said um, for uh, Andres Pete, they said he's going to be out mm. four weeks with that knee injury that he had. She thought that was a little bit. Uh, really a long time for to, to say he's going to be out four to six weeks with that knee injury. Um, she thought he would be back sooner. She, she thought that that injury, you would be back sooner. The one thing I will say, well, it was, it was a knee sprain. Yeah. Is his, I think it's an MCL sprain. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, with that injury, it, it's totally, um, so, you know, obviously it could be a partial tear and it, it's total, it's totally a degree of severity thing. Um, so, you know, some MCL sprains, a guy can be back in a week. Uh, the fact that it's four weeks leads me to believe that it's it's probably a partial tear, and he needs to give it time to heal. It probably has a lot of swelling that yeah. needs to go down. So, um, yeah, that, that's not. I, I've seen guys miss four weeks with that kind of. Yeah, injury. and the thing is too. I mean, when the Saints say four to six, you know, the th- the reason why they do that, Sarah, is because it eases the burden on the player and the coach. Because what happens is if 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 the, if the targets say say they look at it and they're like you know you're probably gonna you're, you're gonna be back in three to four weeks, if in three weeks he's not back and they said three weeks, people ask questions. If you say four to six, you give yourself a longer window and the coach just doesn't have yeah. to deal with all the injuries. So they're always gonna go for an injury. Usually they're gonna go on the long end just because it makes their life easier. And the well, an added an added layer here if. You know, Teron Armstead and, and uh, Jari Evans both have had knee injuries during this season. And I think in an ideal world, they would have sat out four weeks. And, you know, especially Jari, who had a who had a surgery. Um, and I think he was back in two weeks after the surgery. It was like a cleanup. But, um, you know, that that's two players that were injured, knee injuries. And I think with Andres Pete, first-round pick, they don't have to have him on the field right now. Um, they have the luxury of he's not a starter he doesn't have a major role right now in on the team. And so, you know, for him to miss four weeks is kind of okay. I think they want to try to make sure they're careful with his injury. Teron Armstead, you know, as soon as he can play, they need him on the field he, desperately. He, he's um, he's the, when they did, I forgot who did that. They ranked the saints players. It might've been you, Andrew, and they ranked Teron Armstead number two. And, uh, yeah, I, I was like, Oh, that's a little high, but after seeing them, no, it's not. He, that he makes all the difference, you know. And, and, and in fact, I mean, I, I I honestly wonder right now. I mean, how much longer is Drew Brees? And I I still think he is, but I'm saying how much longer is Brees the best player on this team? And you know, I I mean, I, if if I were to reorder the the players most critical to success right now, I'm asking the question: How high is Teron Armstead, Cam Jordan, Delvin Bro? Uh, Kikaha, you know, how, how high are those guys on this list? I mean, I, I think they're those four guys I just, just mentioned are probably in the top five with Drew Brees. Um, they're playing the Giants this week, but one last question. Kevin, 
How close are you to buying a Kikaha jersey? <laughs> uh, I I only got a uh, a Saints jersey because somebody gifted it to me. So I'm probably not going to buy any jersey for a long time. I might have to get the maybe name. ever, maybe ever. I don't know. All right, all right. Let's 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 pose the question this way, Kevin. If I were to say to you, I'm buying you a Saints jersey for Christmas, which player do you want? I would almost, I would almost say the more obscure, the better. <laughs> Go like old school, like Buford Jordan. Well, no, well, I, I mean, I kind of meant like whoever's currently on the roster. So, you know, I mean, like, shoot, if you want to get me a, uh, so who Manawanui? Uh, Right, I was actually getting ready to say that. Uh, Who caught a touchdown, by the way, right? Yes. And, oh, by the way, Akeem Hicks is stinking it up for the Patriots, apparently. Is he even playing? He plays. He plays He plays a little, and he's terrible. It's PFF, so it's hard to know, but, um, you know. Uh, here's a question. If Kikaha gets to double-digit sacks when my wife's leaving the hospital with my wife. My, my newborn son. Uh, should it be a Kikaha jersey if Kikaha's December 10th if he's at double-digit sacks? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I love watching Kikaha play. He, he's awesome. Yeah. He, I mean, I think you look right now up and down the, the draft class, which I think by and large we view as a raging success, and even Bobby Richardson, who's, who was undrafted, has you know, been a plus player. So I, I think – this has been a great draft for the Saints. I put Kikaha at the top of the list. He, he, he's the best player. I mean, he's in the discussion right now for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. He's been that good. All right. Thank you. The Saints, um, miraculously, I wouldn't have thought it a month ago, but Kevin, they're playing a humongous game on Sunday against the Giants, who they normally pistol whip inside the Superdome. Um, and it feel Kevin, this this might sound really strange, but four and four seems so much better than three and five. Like I feel like this is a humongous football game. I mean, <laughs> like, man, man, four and four is better than three and five, ain't it? Well, no, yep. it, fe- it, it feels a like, no, but it I feels a, if, it feels a lot like. Like I guess I guess the difference between the difference between three and five and four and four it feels a lot different. It feels a lot more important than say if you're the difference between uh, say five and five or four and six. It's just like four and four. The difference between four and four or three and five at the halfway point it just feels really really important that the Saints get this win. Yes. Um, uh, on that note, I am going to have to like bolt okay. to get back to work. But I will say, okay, so here's the thing. I have picked against the Saints the last two weeks, and yeah. they have won. I am going to continue that streak. <laughs> um, yes. So I am going to say that the Giants get the W in the Dome, and and everybody gets all aggravated and flabbergasted again. So I am going to say Giants 24, uh, Saints 20. 
and uh, Kai Forbath misses another field goal, oh. and he is put and he is uh, sent packing forthwith. Oh my God! <laughs> Kicker number eleven. Thank you, Held. Thanks for that. Oh, welcome. Thanks. All right, uh, Andrew. Yeah. Would you like to make a prediction on the game? You know, there's two Eli Mannings. There's the turnover binge Eli there Manning, is. and there's the uh, streaky Eli Manning that uh, can can beat almost anyone. Yes, it has. Um, he has but, two. Uh, he has two Super Bowl trophies to prove it. Yes, he does. Um, I feel like we're gonna get turnover binge Eli Manning. For some reason, he comes to the Superdome. Yeah. This always happens, and I just feel like the Saints are. You know, I picked them six and ten at the beginning of the year, and I said they'd have a good stretch, and they're kind of in that now. And uh, with this schedule, you know, I think if they go to get to four and four, I may have to revise that. Um, but uh, you know, they they could still hit a bad patch here. But I think right now, I'm just feeling that this team is, you know, I'm feeling good about my Deuce McAllister jersey. They're yeah. two and zero oh when I wear it, um, and I just think there's there's some voodoo going on right now. Give me an MVP of the game. Uh, so I'm going to say blowout. I'm going to say 45-26 wow. Saints. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say the offense looks like Atlanta, but like the Atlanta game except better. And uh, my MVP of the game, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks finally getting a breakout game. Wow. 150 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Wow. You stole my thunder. I've gone back and forth. I, I I've written my Channel Four column and I picked the Giants. Uh, to win 24-20 because I, I said I just didn't think the Saints could win three in a row. But I'm taking that back because, Andrew, as I said a couple weeks ago in my column and on the show, I think the Saints have entered the, the Jim Hazlitt zone. And for people that don't remember Jim Hazlitt, the Jim Hazlitt zone was you never knew what the hell you were going to get with the Saints, but they would have these stretches where they would look really good. And the, they're going to they, they, this is the front end, Andrew, of the full Hazlitt. And you know what the full hazard is. The good part of the full hazard is they'll play a good team. They'll look like they could win the Super Bowl. And that's how they're going to look Sunday. Like they're going to drop – I don't think they're going to drop 45. They're going to drop 35 on the Giants and look phenomenal. And it's going to be like 35 to 10, and it's just going to be a dump truck in galore. But the problem is the full hazard, the back end of it, is they'll be a double-digit favorite against the Titans next week at home. And lose by fourteen. <laughs> that's the that's the full Hazlitt. That is the full Hazlitt. You know, but yep. I mean, you know, here's the thing: like Jim Hazlitt, he went nine and seven. I think you know he went nine and seven once and eight and eight a bunch of times. So that's where they're that's where they are. And so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirty five to thirteen. And my MVP, I went Devin Bro last week, and he didn't pan out quite. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Kikaha. Kikaha's gonna get, pick up a fumble and run it in. I like it. Um, but Andrew, one last word. I mean, this schedule. I mean, it's. I mean, and it's it's not where like like they're gonna be playing teams in this schedule where you're like, okay, like it's the Giants and it's a toss up game. They're three we're they're four and three, the Saints are three and four. Like they're gonna be playing like the Texans the week of Thanksgiving. The Texans are a dreadful. The Texans might be a two win team that that might game might be sixty percent Saint fans in Houston. Yeah. I mean and Jacksonville and the Redskins 
and the Titans and Detroit. I mean, these teams aren't getting better, you know? I mean, Detroit just fired the, the Lombardi, the guy who used to quarterback the Saints. They fired him to hire Jim Bob Cooter to be offensive coordinator. I mean, these these teams are – Well, he to be he didn't quarterback the Saints. He was their quarterback. coach. He was their quarterback's coach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean these ga- I mean these games are I mean I could you could see games where like if the Saints are 500 or, or let's say they're 500 when they play Detroit and the Jaguars and the Texans I mean they're going to be a touchdown favorite in those games you know I agree I the the thing I still hold on to is there's there's many flaws on there, this team there is. that can be exposed even playing a bad team yeah. and you know the the combination of receivers, you know, a pass rush that's still a little shaky if you block Cam Jordan. Um, you know, the ability to stop the run hasn't really been tested the last few weeks. Um, you know, so there, there's still some things. Well, the they, left guard is still something I'm, you know, the offensive line in general, right tackle is, is a little shaky. Well, uh, Kicker is a big enigma. So there's still a bunch of stuff. But, I mean, the way I look at the schedule, it, it's like this, Ralph. First of all, you know, you look at Carolina and the Falcons and the success they've had, and you combine that with how the Saints started this season. And, you know, I think we were down in the dumps, man, at one and three. The season was over four games into the season. It was October. We were already talking about draft picks. Yeah, we, were already, we were already talking. About Blow it up. The off season, And, um, you know, th- we finally got into a place where this game coming up is exciting and if you look, if they win this game and you look ahead at the schedule, what a tremendous opportunity for this team yeah. to fight for a wild card and get into the playoffs. And they're getting better. That's the thing about there's so many young guys, and this is a sign of a young team. You know, one week they look really yeah. strong, and it really, it really, it was it was a tale of two halves in this game. They looked really strong in the first half, really weak in the second, and that's a sign of a with tons of talent and some weeks they're going to come and they're going to make all these plays. And sometimes it's just not going to come together. And that's part I, of the learning curve for some of these guys. I guess the point I'm like, the, the thing that makes me, and I, I agree with you. I'm super excited about this game. This is the last home game I'm going to for the year. So I'm super pumped to be at a full stadium in a game that matters and it's going to be great. But the, I guess the thing that makes me so excited about this week and the rest of this schedule is because it's, it's so, soft and granted they could they could beat the Giants and like I said they could beat Tennessee and, and they can lay an egg at any time but the thing I guess Andrew is you you know now going into it if they win the turnover battle and they don't fall behind by double digits they'll be in the game and they'll be fine if they but if they lose the turnover battle and they fall behind it'll get away from them fast even against Philadelphia who's pretty awful too you know what I'm saying Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if say the schedule, say the schedule, they had to play Green Bay and they had to play um, Denver and you had to play New England. You would know that even if the Saints played great, it's still a toss up game and they probably still need Aaron Rodgers not to play well. The thing is, looking at the yeah. schedule, I just yeah. know win the turnover battle, play the best you can play, and they're going to get to eight and eight nine wins like. There's no question. Yeah, if the, I agree. And, and that's and the difference. The thing, is, the thing about the NFL right now They're bad teams. It's really top-heavy. Oh, my God. It's, re- it's really top-heavy. I mean, you've got the Broncos. you got the Patriots. 
You've got the Bengals, you know, the Packers. You've got yeah, you, you've got a handful of teams that look really, really strong and are Super Bowl contenders. And then you've got a huge pack of mediocre to average teams. And any one of them could rise up and and, and get to uh, you know the playoffs and and maybe make a little noise and get far as long as they avoid playing some of those teams I just mentioned. And for the Saints, I mean, it's an opportunity like it is for Minnesota or any any one of these other teams. Um, to try to get in there. And, you know, look, I think as a fan, it's important to remember that only one team wins the Super Bowl. And the likelihood of yours being the one that wins, you know, is one in 32 if they're even competent. And, um, you know, so I, I think for me, it's just you, you look at the schedule now and you look at where they've gotten from one and three to, to now three and four and an opportunity to get back to 500. It's just a great opportunity to make this season fun for yeah. us as fans. Listen. If, and that that that's exciting to me. If if this team we knew, I think most fans that really followed the team knew that they were rebuilding this thing, and we talked about it earlier. To yeah. me, Andrew, if we get to December and they're six and six or seven and five, that means they will for sure be in the playoff picture, and and like right smack in the middle. And and look, I'm not convinced at all that Carolina and Atlanta might not come back. But that seems a little far fetched. But to me, if they get to yeah. if they get to December and they're say six and six, I'll be ecstatic. And I won't say the season is a success, but it'll be pretty close. Because all you want to me all this whole year about the Saints was they rebuilt this thing, they have twenty five new guys from where they started and when they end do you want to say all these young kids, especially on defense, you want to say, man, most of them are good. And right now, they're progressing along just fine. Well, I agree with you on that point, and I think another layer to this um, is I want these guys in year one, in their rookie season, playing meaningful yeah. games. I want them in week 15 having the experience of playing a game that's a must win because ultimately it will benefit them down the road. I mean, I, I think the development of that are on their roster right now, we can't overlook, you know, some people are saying blow it up and, and, you know, get the best traffic possible. And, and, and to me, it's, it's, if those guys are playing in a game where they're, the team is three and 10 and it doesn't matter the value of what they're learning and just, in a game that just they don't really care about, um, and, and the players in the locker room is just not into it or whatever. Um, to me, that's much less valuable to their development. Yeah, and look, than being you... six and six, like you said, or even seven and five, where like you know the locker room is intense and they're like, we have got to win this game, we've got to find a way. And win or lose, that's an experience I want guys like Stefan Anthony and Kikaha to have this year if we can. No, you're you're exactly right. And look, you can't root. You, we're not we're not starting to. It's okay to root for a draft pick eventually, but not at three and four. Don't 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 talk to me about yeah a hydra. You know we are and and look with the place they are now and the schedule as it is, this team has a really good shot at getting a wild card. And until it's clear to me that they don't have a shot at it, I'm going to keep rooting for them. Oh and, yeah. So I mean. Hey, thanks for Kevin. Dave is drunk somewhere watching the Mets lead the Kansas City Royals 3-2. to two. Um, But to everybody that listens to the podcast, sorry it's a day late. Um, but for Kevin, 
Uh, we'll go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got his grades. He's do- he's throwing out A pluses to people. Um, you know, I feel like uh, one last quick question, Andrew. Cam Jordan over under thirteen sacks for the year. Well, he's at six through seven games, right? Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for him to maintain this pace. Um, you know, I mean, he, he kind of got a couple garbage sacks against the Falcons. Um, and based on his form in the last two games, I think he's going to, people are going to start to show him a lot more respect in terms of protection and how they defend him. So, or how they block him. So I'll say under. Okay. Under, I'm going to say under too, but, um, Just having, just have, just have, just the Saints having a guy where other teams are saying, "We got to block Cam Jordan. We got to, we got to." Yeah. Now the thing about Cam Jordan is, you know, if he starts getting double teamed or you know he he starts seeing different protection, uh, this could open things up for Kikaha um, or possibly Bobby Richardson. So it'll be interesting to see that. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that. You know, who responds to um, the extra attention that Jordan might get? Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, until next week, people, uh, be well. Oh, no, no, the bar's closed. <laughs> the bar's closed. I'm an idiot. Go Pelicans. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 